very important days. Okay. For our first semester today, we have a message from Mr. Ken Martin entitled, Why Are We Here? Mr. Martin. Thank you, Bridge. Should my tongue decide to become an immovable part of the top of my mouth, I will stop speaking. <laughs> Otherwise, I think we'll be okay. Leviticus 23, starting in, in, uh, at verse 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also the tenth of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. It shall, uh, you shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. When we first joined this church and they started talking about actually observing the Day of Atonement, we had no clue what afflicting yourselves meant because we were pretty sure <laughs> that we had read that you're not supposed to cut yourself or beat yourself or anything like that. But <clears throat> we now know, of course. Um, so that, that just little side. You shall do no work that same day, for it is the day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For any person who is not afflicted in soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generation, or generations in all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls. On the ninth day of the month at evening, from evening to evening, you shall celebrate your Sabbath. Welcome to this blessing from the Lord, because it is a blessing. We know he still cares, we know he's still there. We know he is God. Israelites, if they had not done this, could not be God's people. Notice verse 29 that said, anyone who refused to fast on this day had to be separated from the people. And anyone who worked would be destroyed by God. Not an empty threat. Leviticus 16.1 starts, now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. This refers to Le uh, Leviticus 10, uh, a chapter mainly concerned with the death of Aaron's two sons while offering incense to the Lord. How did they die, some may ask? They created their own incense and they put it in their censers and lit it with strange fire, not fire from the altar. That fire on the altar, God had started. 
that fire was never allowed to go out because that fire was from God. It was holy fire. <clears throat> so fire, and start, pick up uh, 10.2, so fire came from the Lord and destroyed Nadab and Abihu, and they died there in front of the Lord. Basically, chapter 10 covers this death. It's definitely well worth your read. Through Moses, God had to impress upon the people, upon the priests, how important it is to respect God properly. I believe that this is something that we must still do today, respect God and his holy perfection and power, and we need to do it properly. What we do now, these days, to observe the Day of Atonement is much less than what was done then. And I think it good we, we realize that. During Old Testament times, under the Old Covenant, Jesus had not paid the price yet for our sins. He had not atoned for our sins. So they had to sacrifice animals to the Lord God every year on atonement. And that would roll back the sins of the people. They weren't, they weren't actually paid for. They were just rolled back. And it had to be done exactly right or the chief priest would die. That's why they had a cord around his ankle that went out the front of the tabernacle. He had bells on so that while he was moving around, he would make noise and they could tell that there was still activity. If that stopped, and they called for him and he did not answer, they would have to drag him out. They could not go in there or they too would be dead. <clears throat> Jesus' sacrifice also had to be done exactly right. It had to be done according to scripture. <clears throat> if he had not been successful in doing that, we would not have redemption possible, would we? But it was. Praise God, it was. We must still come to God we must come to God through Christ, and we must believe Jesus and serve God according to his word. It seems that people have become lax in honoring God. I don't know if it's familiarity breeds contempt, and I don't think so from a believer's standpoint. If you, if you think that God's no big thing, you obviously do not know him. <clears throat> Jesus is our only, our only hope for redemption, for salvation. And this is according to what Peter told those that were in Judea at Pentecost, starting at Acts 2.36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the, uh, the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? 
Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Did you guys catch that? God promised everybody that if we do those things, we shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. In 2 Corinthians 1.21 said, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the mark, the, given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. A guarantee, a marker. We are redeemed and God has given us a marker placed a marker in us showing that we are his. Our part on that is that we obey God and his commandments. That we honor him and that we live according to his word. Moving on to, to chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. <clears throat> if indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality would be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. That's the reason we're here, obeying God's word. Without Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, we would have no hope. But we do have hope, don't we? We have absolute hope in Christ Jesus if we believe in him and live according to his word. Ephesians chapter 1, start at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. I'm not reading that. I'm not going to start a discourse on predestination. So. <clears throat> To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us acceptable in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Because it's all through grace. It's nothing we're doing. Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, 
both which are in heaven and which are in earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory, in whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, our guarantee, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So, if we're guaranteed by the blood of Christ, why the Day of Atonement? Because we need to realize that we haven't yet attained the full blessings that God has promised and ordained. We are not yet born again children of God. We're not yet spirit beings, are we? We are not yet rid of Satan's influence. We have not yet been perfected. And here to my mind is a major point. We have not yet celebrated the ultimate day of atonement that starts the final year of Jubilee. When on the day of atonement, the trumpet sounds throughout the land, all the land returns to its original owners and all who have been sold into slavery are set free. When everybody gets to start clean and fresh. I wondered when the next year of Jubilee for a long time, I just thought, what, you just start from now, you decide 50 years from now, or what? And thankfully, that, that was taken care of by God. <clears throat> so I did a little internet search. One site, www.shabak, I believe, C-H-A-B-A-C.org, has this, this year, year 5,782 on the Jewish calendar, or September 7th, 2021, through September 26th, 2022, as the year. Another, standinfaith.org, bases their calculations on a start date of 1406 BC, and calculate that the 70th Jubilee year will start on Yom Kippur 913, 2024. And I'm sure there's other opinions. I'm sure that a lot of people have studied this much more deeply than I have. I barely scratched the surface with this quick search. But there are a couple of thoughts that have occurred to me. We are here today because our Father tells us we need to observe the Day of Atonement. And when Messiah does return, it's my opinion, if it happens on that day of atonement, we definitely want to be in his will. <clears throat>